The Ready 4K curriculum is designed to support families with kids from birth to fourth grade in multiple languages, while the basics focus is support or children on children from zero to three years old. Very, very young, important ages. So let's talk about this, our By Leaps and Bounds, kind of a part two this week. Shanae Edmund Verley, good morning to you. You CEO of Vibrant Futures, good morning. Good morning. Vice Chair, of course, as well for Great Start Collaborative of Kent County. And bringing you in, Paula Brown, Director of Great Start Collaborative of Kent County. Good morning to you, Paula. Good morning, Shelley. Thank you. Paula, tell us a little bit about you and uh, your role, please. Okay, so I am the Director of the Great Start Collaborative of Kent County. In the Great Start Collaborative, we are a uh, part of a statewide effort of 54 collaboratives working to align and build systems, a comprehensive, coordinated early childhood system within our communities, and then we see that work as a statewide effort as well. Shanae, your multiple roles? We work to improve. Oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say we work towards four early childhood outcomes, and that's that children are born healthy, developmentally on track, ready for school at time of school entry, and reading proficiently by the end of third grade. Shanae, would you answer the same question? You and your role, please. Uh, sure, I'm the new CEO at uh, Vibrant Futures that was formerly uh, uh, the Kent uh, Regional 4C organization at Campfire, and we are deep in 26 counties uh, supporting uh, early childhood, in particular child care homes, um, and distributing about $2.6 million uh, to beef up that um, uh, business model for our child care sector. Wonderful. Shanae, how are kids faring during the pandemic? That's a great question. Uh, I was thinking um, we are in a pickle. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, uh, I, I was reflecting earlier, Shelley, on the uh, pre-pandemic uh, across the early childhood pipeline. And what we were seeing is the 50% of children able to read at third grade. And then when we look down the path, uh, toward infancy, what we saw are about a 33% of the children ready for uh, kindergarten, about another 33% progressing. And then when we look at one- and two-year-olds from the early uh, childhood longitudinal study, what we see are um, very big cognitive gaps. So uh, we were in a pickle. And I think we're in a, the pickle jar now. Um, yeah. In COVID, parents are just, uh, children are falling further behind, uh, mostly because of low dosage of instruction. Uh, and, of course, the stress and anxiety families are feeling. And uh, when, uh, stress and anxiety in particular on uh, children has this effect in the early years. And that is that we all uh, physiologically um, secrete um, cortisol. What that does to the early childhood brain is that it stops those synapses from growing. So the anxiety and the stress that families are other under are, are pretty intense. Um, the reliance uh, on parents for being not only teachers but the educational coordinator and the scheduler now in their homes, especially when they have multiple uh, children, uh, puts us in the pickle jar. Yes, thank you. And that's sort of kind of the macro look. Yes. Paula, what are parents, families telling us what they need during the pandemic? 
Oh, so Shelly, this is a great question. Um, we, with the Great Star Collaborative and Parent Coalition, we have um, administered two surveys. We took a snapshot in April and then again in December, and we were able to reach over 200 families you know, during the survey to find out what the families need during this time. And it was imperative for us to take that approach because we wanted to make sure that we were garnering the authentic voice of parents. Um, in April, some of the things that rose to the top were child care, financial assistance, um, support with essential needs, things like food, hygiene products, diapers were huge for families during that time, and then support with remote learning and homeschooling. We know that, you know, we all had to pivot in the, you know, in the midst and families were in crisis mode, you know, supporting and working, <laughs> supporting their yeah. children and learning from home and working from home. Um, again, in December, you know, we uh, went back and it was like, let's see what's changed. Is there anything new that has, you know, bubbled up to the surface that we need to pay attention to and support families with? And that's when we found that child care continued to be an issue and growing. We had some families transitioning back to work um, as things started to open back up. The support for, you know, social, emotional, mental health services, that was uh, a need that began to increase. Essential needs continued to be um, an area where families needed support. We found that the food, the need for food and support there had grown um, since uh, April as well. But another that was still right up there was just that access to technology as children are learning remote and families are working remote, you know, access to devices, iPads, Chromebooks, mm. laptops, uh, Internet access. You know, we've had yes. a couple of families share their personal in terms of working from home and supporting multiple children in remote learning and not having enough bandwidth. You know, uh, they have high-speed internet at, at home but still are having to juggle schedules and what children could be on and when, you know, they could actually use the internet for working. So the families, you know, there's a, a lot of support that we could be offering right now as wrapping around that community, especially, you know, to help alleviate some of that stress. Sinead, what are family-facing digital engagement tools? What are these? Yeah, you know, uh, Shelly, um, that's a great question. Um, what these family-facing digital tools are about is really a digital coach that calls in the plays to families. Uh, it, 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 it could be a text, it could be an app, it could be a video, uh, and it pushes information to families so that they actionable information so they can act upon it. Um, we know that the texting is actually a stronger strategy, lower text, all because of all the things that they Apologists talked about, and it's 95% accessible. So we're going to be working with entities like Ready for K and the Basic to send out text uh, versus sending out a, an application or a um, um, a video, and um, um, pushing this to families versus what we're doing now is pulling families to us. So it, it's, it's family-facing in that uh, we push the information out to family, a curriculum, a, co a, a scope and sequence. For example, uh, let's say that uh, they've got a little one, and the little one, um, the, the, the curriculum says uh, we're going to work on letter recognition. What we would do is send out three texts 
each week, one that would be, um, this is the importance of letter recognition. Uh, and then the, the, and two days later, we would send out a tip. Here's the kind of activities that you could do in your home. And then two days later, we would send out another one that would have them scaffold or do additional activities. And so, and, and the beauty of, of something that is uh, family-facing versus institutionally-facing is that you push the information in the slow tech way, and the family decides when they uptake it, uh, and they can fit it in their own schedules. What you're seeing is families collapsing because they're trying to juggle all these schedules um, because the institution is pulling them to, to them as opposed to um, pushing the information and letting them incorporate it when they can in daily routines and activities that they're doing with their children. Uh, and that is a stronger approach and actually has um, deeper uptake. So the curriculum that we're pushing will be whole child uh, curriculum that gets at the whole child uh, social-emotional development, literacy development, math development, uh, um, and a trauma-informed uh, where we're sending out to families, because we all can say that we're in some level of trauma, uh, but we're sending out activities that families can do uh, for their child self-care and for their own self-care. Janae, Edmund Burley, CEO, of course, Vibrant Futures and Vice Chair, Great Start Collaborative of Kent County, running out of time. What is your best way uh, for us to continue the conversation with you? Do you have a website? With, with me? Yeah, or your organization, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Campfire is, I'm sorry, Vibrant Futures now, is um, part of the Great Star Collaborative, and we're working in collaboration uh, to get these uh, tools out to our families, uh, particularly in child care homes and family homes. And so uh, you could uh, meet us at uh, vibrantfuturesmi.org uh, to learn more. Wonderful. Paula, end us with the specifics about how the Great Start Collaborative of Kent County is responding and how we continue to find out more about you and your work. Okay. Um, So, Shelly, the Great Start Collaborative, we are the local affiliate holder for Ready for K as well as the Success Basics, the Love, Talk, Count, Play, Read. And if you want to learn more about those things, you can go to our website at successstartsearly.org. But we have secured 7,000 licenses for families to enroll in the Ready for K texting platform And, you know, if you're an organization, you can contact us via phone or go to our website. And families can go right to the landing page of the website and sign their children up for this wonderful resource in our community. Again, that's at successstartsearly.org. And this is the Great Start Collaborative supporting families and our community partners. Wow. Thank you for both of your passions evident. Shanae Edmund Burley, Paula Brown, on behalf of our By Leaps and Bounds conversation, family-facing digital engagements. Stay the course.